Hello, everyone. You have Jake and Seth with you today, and we're going to be discussing the 2021 film, The Suicide Squad, directed by James Gunn, starring Margot Robbie, Idris Elba, John Cena, Joel Kinnaman, Viola Davis, and a big other, a big cast, made by James Gunn. And this is the sequel to the 2016 film, Suicide Squad. Now, if you're asking yourself, those names sound mighty familiar. There's, they do, because the only thing that separates them is the the. And I'm going to get into that marketing and branding shortly. But before I do that, Seth, uh, Seth I got some thoughts about this film. Uh, but I'm just going to, I'm interested to get your thoughts first. I, I realize, I'm starting to realize I may be a little biased and jaded with these. So I just want to get your thoughts before I open up. Um, yeah, I, thought, I, I have seen uh, Suicide Squad, uh, the Will Smith movie. Um, I, I did not see the Birds of Prey movie. Um, I did find it interesting that this was called The Suicide Squad instead of like Suicide Squad 2 or like Suicide Squad Reloaded or you know something to that effect. I thought that was an interesting marketing choice. Um, my take on the movie, I thought there were a lot of interesting decisions that James Gunn made. Um, you know, from like kind of killing the first team that's put together in the opening sequence, I thought was an interesting move. Um, I thought it was interesting in terms of how sort of um, cavalier um, they were with just like killing characters, the, the R-ratedness of the movie, the language. Um, I did think, you know, there is some similar energy to the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Um, you know, there, there's some of that similar kind of like we're having fun type of energy to this and it's just a comic book movie and don't take it too seriously. I also thought there were elements of like the Deadpool franchise where it was clearly kind of directed at the adolescent kind of audience, you know, kind of like a, a mid teenager type of audience that would kind of find R rated humor like that really funny, not necessarily an adult audience. And so I did think there was some, just a lot of inter interesting things going on in the movie. Um, I also found myself thinking, the final monster, the giant starfish. I mean, I don't know. It, like, if I was a producer in a room, I don't know if I would have signed off. I'm like, yeah, let's do giant alien monster starfish walking around the city. Is it like I? I don't know if I wanted something scarier or weirder, or I just thought it was an interesting choice. You know, so I think a lot of the decisions in the movie I thought were interesting. I think interesting is is to put it. I think that's an. I, that's a nicer choice than I, than I would have chosen. I was really excited for this film and I knew about the budget going in, but, and I'm gonna get into the budget and the performance shortly, but to, just to quickly touch on what you said about the different decision making. I, I agree after watching the film and seeing the performance and actually seeing the final product, I, I had a number of questions. I just thought like questionable, like, to, to your point, they go for this R-rated humor, but to me, like, I'll be honest, I thought, like, Deadpool has sex jokes and gross-out jokes, but there, I thought it was a more intelligent R-rated humor. Like, yeah, there's dick jokes in this, but again, I guess, that, I mean, it's subjective when you're talking about these types of jokes and R-rated humor, but to me, this felt more like gross-out humor as opposed to just being funny, raunchy humor. Again, I'm probably splitting hairs here but the other thing is this, this is what really shocked me. Deadpool, the first one was made for less than 60 million. The second one I think was made for less than 70. Add that up, that's 130 million for two Deadpool films. This film was made for 185. 
and it's R-rated. And the, yeah, I didn't know it was that much. That's what, and that's what, and I knew it was high, but I just didn't appreciate it that it was 185 like that. And so the reason I'm calling that out here is for a number of reasons. And again, I'll get into it later, especially with performance, but 185 million is a lot of money for an R-rated film. R-rated films, you're immediately cutting off a significant portion of your audience with an R-rated film. And what, and not that you can't get in without it, but, but it's hard. Like it, it does cut down on the amount of people who can see it. And this is the thing, especially with what, when it comes to that, you're talking about comic books that's driven by younger viewers. Like Deadpool works because they made it, the first one's like a, a comedy and like a woman liked Deadpool and that was like a date film. They released it around February and that sounds crazy, but that was the whole joke of actual Deadpool, that it's a romantic film. And that's how it worked. That was the angle it took. And that's how it was able to make success. It was also very affordable at 60 million, which is expensive for any other R-rated film or romantic comedy, but it's really cheap for a comic book film. And that's the other thing that blew my mind. They had such a big cast, but a lot of first-time actors, like, they didn't bring back Will Smith. Like, yeah, Margot Robbie's in it, but, like, they, they and the people they did bring back, for the most part, just had smaller roles in the previous film. There was no Jared Leto. There was no Will Smith. So where's all this budget going? And don't don't get me wrong, Idris Elba and Margot Robbie are great. I'm sure they gave them the money, but Joel Kinnaman isn't, well, like, I can't imagine he's eating up too much budget, which leads me to Stara, the giant kaiju, like, a t- like he looks great, and the after watching the film, I just kept thinking that scene must have been so much budget. Even King Shark, like that was it's really expensive to animate those characters. So the, where I'm going, this is a really long winded way of saying the film had so many interesting choices, like creative decisions, like getting James Gunn to do Suicide Squad on paper sounds great. The Guardians of the Galaxy, it's a ragtag group of people, of bad guys, who you end up liking by the end of the film and they turn into heroes. And the whole joke is, oh, we can do something good or bad at the end. A little of both. Like, they're they're, they're, they're not fully good. Oh, that makes sense. I was a little worried because my thought was, like, if, what if he's just going to take – I thought he was going to take whatever plot points he had for Guardians 3 and just try and do it here because the story of this film being made was – he was cut by Disney for Guardians 3, and WB picked him up to make this film. And he was signed in that intervening time. And then once everything calmed down and Disney was able to get him signed back on, Marvel basically gave him their blessing and said, give, we'll give you five years, come back to us when you're ready, we'll make the final Guardians film when you're ready. But so like this seemed like an absolute steal for WB, but I just think, again, they overthought it. Like, if, okay, to me, a James Gunn R-rated Suicide Squad film makes a lot of sense if you make it for like 50, 60, 70 million. Like you can make like a gritty action movie. Also with the hero, like they don't have a ton of crazy, a guy named Javelin. Like, like they've got a lot of like street level heroes and villains, which works because you don't need a lot of CGI. And so yeah. you could have had just like a more typical like cops and robbers. Like you they have this great concept that's effectively cheap, and then you add in Starro that makes it a huge, big blockbuster, and it makes you, it allows you go from being this like, like nimble, 
gritty R-rated action film to now you're a blockbuster. And now if you're if you're spending 185 million, now you need to make 550 to 600 million to really make your money back. And that just puts so much more pressure on the film. And I, not even with taking everything to COVID into account because this was set in motion long before that, but just the idea that I, I'm going on too long. I just so many interesting decisions with the production of this film, and, and ultimately the reason that I, I guess I'll just say it: the film was made for 185. It's only made 154. It made about like 26 million opening weekend in the U.S., which is not good. And this is what I thought was. I'll get into that later. It is did not it's not generating a ton of viewership on HBO Max. It's not really moving the needle with social media in terms of Zeitgeist impact. It's not it, the movie is critically well received, but it's not having the impact. It, it, right now, it looks like a, a, a failure. Right. I mean, it it does sound like they're pretty cost sunk, and like it does it did you know having watched the movie. That Starro sequence um, definitely seemed like that's where a ton of the money got dumped into. And I will say that wasn't really my favorite section of the movie. Um, You know, I found probably like the first act in the middle of the movie to be a a little bit more entertaining. Um, I did think, you know, the humor to me, I think you're right. It's probably a little more, I don't know, like grown up, I guess, than like the Deadpool movies. I get, I found the humor somewhere in between Guardians of the Galaxy and Deadpool, kind of like in the middle of those two movies. I do think the Guardians of the Galaxy humor is a little bit more just like fun and like just kind of like we're just kind of joking around and like breaking each other's balls type of stuff. Whereas like, you know, I think on a, the John Cena character is probably the most um, kind of like immature humor in, in the movie. Even though I did find myself laughing at some of his lines, you know, like, oh, if I had to eat a beach full of dicks or something like that, I would do it to, to get freedom and stuff like that. Like, there were elements of his character I did find funny, um, but I also thought, like, he was kind of the most immature, uh, like, humor-wise of the whole group in a lot of ways. I just thought there was an incongruence with a lot of the characters and the way, like, for example, John Cena, you have him say all these dick jokes and but then you want the, him to work on an emotional level. Spoiler alert! At the end of the film, when he suddenly yeah. turns on Rick Flag to kill him, it's like, and that's supposed to be this really emotional moment. But he's not a serious character, so it's hard for me to take that moment seriously. And right. it, it, and then just, and the other thing I was going to say, just quickly on that, Ratcatcher too, who's the uh, the young actress like Dania Melikor, she is she was great, but. You spend like two thirds of the movie watching her kill tons of people with rats, and then uh, her scene is this thing on the bus where she's like, "Oh," and she's telling this story and the story about her dad, like providing for her and the rats and dying is so sad. And then she gets caught by the authorities, and can you believe it? They said the rats are weapons of mass destruction, and they really, they really, they threw the book at her. Can you believe it? It's so unfair. This is right after we saw her kill an army of men with the rats, and right before we see her take down a kaiju with rats. So the idea that her rats are harmless, like I just it was such a disconnect. And one worth note, Bloodsport. Furious at his daughter, saying terrible things, and then oh, finds out she's gonna go to jail. Oh no, 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 now I'm a great dad. It was like there wasn't and uh, I, the emotional connection for me, it just was, again, did, did not work. Did not work. Right. I agree. Yeah, there's some of that where it's like, 
know, I understand what they were going for. With it's like, let's have this kind of like domestic scene where he's they're both pissed off at each other and screaming. Um, but then it's also like, you know, deep down, he really does want to protect her in some way because he is really a father. But I, I agree with you. It's like the tone of the movie. It's like the characters. You know, they don't need to be doing that stuff. The, the characters can all be assholes, and the, the movie would still would, would have worked for what it was kind of trying to do. So I agree. There's like some disconnect. Yeah, especially that John Cena thing where it's like, now I'm supposed to care about this guy after he's just been like the, the dumbest person I've seen in the whole movie. It's, that whole thing with him and Rick Flagg, I kind of like the Rick Flagg character. Um, I guess I was like rooting for him to win that fight, which is kind of the point in terms of why he loses and stuff. But um, that the John Cena thing might have been the character I tweaked the most if I was kind of like in charge of the movie because I just thought totally he was so different than the rest of the characters uh, you know interest elba kind of pulls off what he's trying to do like he's kind of funny for what he is he, he kind of seems like he's fed up with a lot of stuff and like i did kind of, you know i've always liked interest elba personally uh, and so to see him kind of like mixed up in a movie like this was kind of interesting too because i don't necessarily associate him with like these big comic book movies um and so but he's, again, been, in, it, it, he's been in like multiple avengers and thor films No, I was just saying, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. Just, it's interesting. I meant to say it more so it's interesting because as a comic book fan, I see him as that. But I, he's also a serious actor, and he's kind of criticized the Marvel universe in the past about like kind of just this like being and going from playing Nelson Mandela to right. this like a god. And so what I think is interesting is he's been able to keep his both foot in both worlds and keep his integrity in both worlds. Like you, I think we both agree you're a more serious like. Like you, you are a more serious like film viewer. Like you tend to like them. He's a serious actor. You didn't even realize he was doing the films, which, which worked. Which for this movie works because that yeah, drew you in. That's true. That yeah, drew you it, in. It did. Yeah, it did kind of draw me into him. Um, although I, at the same time, I did think it was weird that like Will Smith wasn't recast um, as that same character from the first one because it seemed like he could have easily been the primary character in this one. So I do wasn't you, sure what happened with all of that. <laughs> so I, I know I've been just like laying into the pre-production here, but the pre-production is a big part of this. Ayers was supposed to make this and was cut. Gavin O'Connor was going to direct this and got cut. So like th there were some multiple iterations of, of this. And um, I'm sorry, I completely lost my train of thought there. What was your question? Well, so how did Will Smith, uh, oh, did they offer Will Smith what, the role? Apparently, Will Smith was offered the role. This is one of those things where you're not sure if Will Smith said no, if the studio wanted to move on, or if the timing legitimately didn't work out. But initially, they hired Idris Elba to replace Will Smith. And there was a huge backlash of people being like, You can't replace that character. Well, just being, you can't replace Will Smith. If you're not, again, just with where we are. And it, to me, it wasn't just like the, like, uh, garbage banging like just to like draw up and like it wasn't like oh social justice warriors drumming up like i was also offended i was like you're gonna recast will smith with another black person and just think the audience won't notice like come on and also again like you're early in this universe there's so many other characters like there's so many other like things to do and then they decided they told me they were gonna make him blood sport who's a character i'm familiar with it's a, it's another lower tier character, and I thought it was interesting. I was like, okay, I'm interested to see what they do with him. But then when I saw the execution, he's Deadshot. He has the same yeah, the same weapons, like the 
the same skill set, the same relationship with his daughter. Uh, it was all, all I, I thought the best things about Deadshot were repetitive and just pull, like it was it was what Will Smith did in the first film, just kind of re reiterated here. I, I didn't enjoy it. I, I just wish they'd uh, they should have gotten Will Smith or they should have made him a different character. And again, like I, I'm not I feel I always know I'm so hard on, on these films, but we talk I'm a Jets fan, and it feels like every year, two years, they go in a different direction, and that's how I feel about the DCEU. Yeah, like that's a good analogy. This is a good. You don't need to have every film connect. This would be like make things connect a little more here. Like I just, uh, uh, okay. I, if it had, if they hadn't named him Bloodsport, I would have just assumed it was that that Deadshot character. Like if the, and like that that to me probably speaks to like. They probably didn't change the central elements of the script in a way that was like dramatic enough to really change that character, and so it, it had to be like the remnants of that original script just kind of like carried through on that character. And that's what that you nailed it. It just felt lazy to me. It felt like they kept the script, yeah. changed the name, and, and they gave him the exact same powers. And I just, I, to me, it was just as bad as if it had been Will Smith. If they just named him Deadshot, it's almost worse because I'm like. You did. You did it. You basically just recast them. Like now, is there? Where's the room for the him and Will Smith now in this universe? Basically occupying the same character. Like, uh, I'll I'll leave it there for a minute with that. But uh, it was, it, yeah. I, I'm sorry. Again, I've been going on. But so again, I like fell down another rabbit hole with the pre-production here. But there's just so much to dive into. Like it's there's so many well, yeah. issues. I agree that. It felt lazy to just kind of like, yeah, not create like a new uh, specific character with his own. It, it just feels like, yeah, like they just kind of kept going with the script there. Um, I will say, like, um, I did. How did you feel about like the Viola Davis part of this and like the, the setting of the characters around her? What did you think of her? Can I, uh, once again, for me, this was an issue of like characterization and the events of the film and the setting like not matching up viola davis the one we knew from the first suicide squad would have murdered right. everyone in that room for turning against her at the end she wouldn't have just That's turned a blind I, eye. I thought she was going to do that <laughs> she is the villain in the first one like one of the few things the first suicide squad does well is she is the villain she has the her she has her foot on the neck of all the people that we we're trying to root for she is their real villain. She is the one forcing them to fight these other people. But then they just neuter her in this. I, I did not like it. I, I will say this. I thought it was funny. I, I thought some of the reactions they had from them is like the peanut gallery was funny. But then the – but again, like it, the, the scene, the end didn't work for me. Like the scenes – the way they set it up in the beginning, with where the way where they bring them by the end, it just didn't work for me because like I didn't understand these journeys they went on. Like I thought they were going to kill her. Like in the fact they didn't kill. Like okay, they just knocked her out. No big deal. Nobody forgot. Like okay, the only and one more thing talking about that like incongruency. I'm sorry, they're the Suicide Squad. Rick Flag has now been apparently leading them for a few years. They're all upset that the U.S. government was involved in this when their yeah, job is their job is cleaning up like their jo literal job is cleaning up all of the bad things the u.s has done i i just was kind of like 
just taking a step back, like, why are they so naive? I, I did, I could not understand the naivete and that like, once again, these are these hardened killers, but now they're so sad because these innocent people were hurt. And I like on a basic level, I get what they're trying to do there. Like it's so awful that it's turning these hardened killers against them. Like, uh, and, and that is to make an analogy. There are a lot of stories about that in warfare. To, I feel like it always comes back to World War II and Nazis, but when people, whether it was Russians or the U.S. or the British, as armies came upon the death camps and the concentration camps, it would bring these hardened warriors to tears, and it would like, and so I get that. But in this, it's just a bunch of people standing around with fish, starfish stuck to their face. And so I like I, what they're trying to evoke is very powerful. And I know there are other things they're playing into with the people being like herded along. And like there's there's some really powerful elements at play. And I don't mean to step on that lightly or to dismiss that. I just the execution for me is not there. Like where. They, they, they don't, this film doesn't do a good job of pivoting from funny to emotional. Like it, it to me, it doesn't yeah. have a good enough grip on each. So it, it, it just can't pivot. That's where, yeah. To me, totally the, the first and the, the most of the second act uh, have a certain tone uh, and humor to it. And then they really want you to change and be, be more, more emotional in that third act. And it's just kind of hard to make that shift after you've been so cavalier and kind of like, uh, adolescent with your humor uh, throughout the majority of the movie there's also you know it, it struck me as well that like it almost felt like it's like three or four different movies like the movie that Quinn is in is almost completely different than ever than the movie everyone else is in you know the, the movie she's in there's like, like there's that one scene where like flowers are blossoming behind her as she's like shooting people and stuff and it just i was like this hasn't happened anywhere else in the movie like what i mean i get you know it was kind of nice to see um aesthetically i guess but it just didn't fit in the movie to me. I was just like, this is like a totally different thing that's happening now. I agree. I think the issue for me was that one of the things I liked, and you talk, talked about this, was the, I think you mentioned that you liked it, or at least that you noted on it, was that the, the first team, how they're killed off. Yeah. It's definitely bold. I, I liked yeah. it. Um, it reminded me of that uh, Steven Seagal movie, Executive Decision with Kurt Russell, where they kill Steven Seagal <laughs> off 10 minutes into the movie. And I'm, all of a sudden, I'm sitting there with John Leguizamo. 11-year-old Jake was disappointed when my Steven Seagal movie turned into a John Leguizamo action movie. But uh, I digress. The, um, it, I, it's a bold move. Yeah, I actually, I didn't know that that was going to happen. And, I, you know, I, I like that they made that choice. The one character I wish that had lived was actually Michael Brooker. I, I was actually thinking Michael Brooker was going to be in most of the movie. And I was like, oh, he died. Well, there goes Michael Brooker. You know, uh, it was one of those things. Well, it's funny you say that. He was also heavily featured in the marketing. Like, and I get I get why they were doing that. And I credit the film for bit. I thought it was going to be a shorter setup. They spend a good 15, 20 minutes dedicated to this team before they get wiped yeah. out. My two issues there are, are, one, I didn't think it was very creative the way they were killed. Two, there was no explanation as to how Blackguard was able to reveal where they were going if he didn't know. I, I'm not looking too too deep into those things. Like it, it's fine. Oh yeah, like how did he make that? Yeah, turn against them. Yeah. This is the one that bothered me though. This this is what I did not understand. Again, talk, call me crazy. It's called the Suicide Squad. The whole thing is they're expendable. Why do you put Harley and Rick Flag on the expendable team if they're not expendable? 
as, as soon as they get wiped out, all of a sudden the next team's the new next team's mission is go find Harley and Rick. But they're my, supposed to be the Suicide Squad. Yeah. Like it just. My my best guess to that is that they knew, you know, if Rick found out what was going on, that he would probably want to release the information. So I think they wanted those characters. My, my interpretation was they wanted that entire team to be killed, regardless of who they were. No, no. But then I mean, if. Then so, why save them afterwards? That's what I'm telling. Why yeah, go yeah. save if they're if it's Suicide Squad? The whole thing is they're expendable. Why would you put Harley and Rick on the team that you were using as the decoy? That's a good question. <laughs> that again, I'm not. It's a comic book film, but for a character Waller, who's supposed to be so smart, like that's her. That that's her power. It just it just took me out of it, and I. I also found the the short character, um, while kind of comedic at times. Um, didn't seem incredibly essential to me. And like you said, they're dumping a lot of money into this movie. That's a lot of money just to have that CGI shark character and all those scenes. And I mean, it, I don't think there was any plot point that he was essentially involved in, whether it was, you know, getting to the villain or saving me. Like, he didn't really need to be in the movie. <laughs> he didn't need to be. He reminded me of those furry little creatures that Ryan Johnson tried to introduce in Last Jedi. He felt like someone was like, we need a cute toy. We need a group. Yeah, Can you make us a group? We want to make money on group. Yeah, I'll make them. I, I, I'm sorry. It was not a good performance. It was not a good character. The effects, I don't even think were that good. Like It was Stallone's voice too, right? Yeah. Like they did. Also, was what was his power set? He ate one person at a time? Like it was. Yeah. I didn't understand why, why they were like, you know what we need on this team is a man-eating shark. It's like, what? <laughs> I, I I did not love the, the Nanu character. Um, I I know I am really crapping hard on this film. I, I don't mean to. I, there were things I enjoyed. Uh, do we do we want to take a minute just to yeah. talk about something? What, what, what did you like, Jay? All right. In terms of things I liked, I, I briefly mentioned I, I liked the fate of the first team. I, I thought I wasn't totally surprised to be honest with you when I saw how many characters they had in that initial release. I knew there was going to be some type of cleansing. Also, the way it yeah. just felt to me like they were going to trim. I felt like a lot of the actors wanted out, like maybe um, Courtney Jai. It felt like some of those early actors wanted to get out. And just when I saw it. It felt like that with Pete Davidson, too. Like, he just wanted to do a quick cameo. Yeah. And, I, again, Rooker, like, it's a fun cameo for him. It's I, I don't know. I, it, I wasn't totally surprised. I appreciate that they did it. Um I liked that they chose Starro as the villain. Historically, it's a big character. I, I'm not going to say I necessarily like the execution, and only from a standpoint that, like, knowing the film wasn't financially successful, that I'm sure that was really expensive. I I thought the Thinker would have been a better villain. Like, I watched some of these series. I thought, yeah, I thought he was going to be more uh, essential, but he kind of he brings up to the star thing, and that's basically his only job in the movie. Yeah, and outside of those, I really liked Harley's prominence. I didn't like how she was separated from the team and in her own movie. Like, she's great, yeah. but it between the false ending and, like, the bifurcated story between Flag, her, and the second team, it just it, – it, the movie's a, a little too scatterbrained for me. It doesn't really yeah. ever reach, like, full momentum. Like, it doesn't have all the parts moving in all the directions at the same time. Yeah. Um, the uh, The – Idris Elba, even though I again I think that's really problematic, the 
Bloodsport is a weird facsimile of Deadshot. I like his performance. And the last thing, I, again, overall, I think there's some issues with the tone. But I really did like the support team. Like some of the biggest laughs I had were them were their reactions. I, I, by the end, I think there were some bigger problems with, with them, but it, it worked for me. I, I liked it. I liked them. I agree. I mean, and it, and like I felt similar about Viola Davis as I did with Idris Elba, where it's like I thought both of them were kind of like doing what they could, but like the writing and like the situation they were in probably wasn't the best and everything. But like you know that scene where Idris Elba threatens uh, Viola Davis with the pen and she tells everyone else to stand up. Like she is acting pretty well in that moment, and she's like completely cool and in control. And so I do think that she's like doing things well as an actress. Same with Elba, where it's like you know, you're in this crazy big budget movie, but he was still pretty relatable. And like, as a viewer, you kind of need somebody to hold on to in a movie this like scattered, as you were saying. And so there are times where he's just like, you know, he's just like, Jesus Christ, like what are all these people doing? That's kind of how you feel like as a viewer, like, oh, we got a rat girl. We got some crazy girl with a javelin. You know, it's just like, what are all these fucking people doing? But I, I felt myself relating mostly to Idris Elba and like his thoughts on the other characters for the most part. I thought he was a better avatar for the viewer than Rick Flagg was in the first one. Uh, for what I don't know why, but I think yeah, Idris Elba it just felt easier, and the, yeah. he had a good rapport with Ratcatcher, as well as with I mean Cena and him are playing off each other a lot. Yeah, um, I mean no one has any. I don't think anyone had any chemistry with the new King Shark. It did seem like they want Cena. I, I saw the end credit like sequence or whatever, and it looked like Cena lives through it or whatever. And so it does seem like they want to do more with him. Yeah, I, I believe so too. Um, <laughs> I, I he he's he was good in it. He's not bad. I, I just had this was an issue I had with like that composition of that main team. And by the way, I think I had her name wrong before. Her name is Daniela Melchior, who played Ratcatcher too. Um, I didn't like really the composition of the team. Like you have two guys who shoot guns with no powers, a girl with no powers, but that wand, which was admittedly effective. You have the polka dot man with powers, but then you had Nanu who again, he just ate people one at a time. Like I just didn't under, I didn't, I didn't understand that team. It just kind of blew my mind. But this is the thing that really bothered me too. The, when you're trying to elevate characters, I, like there's a way to do it. You you take low level characters and you elevate them by basically treating them with one a new lens, but really like it, you have to give them some type of respect. I think Iron Man and Guardians of the Galaxy is good examples. Those are lower level comic book characters, uh, Guardians more so than Iron Man, but they were modernized. Uh, the People were able to keep that DNA and modernize them at Marvel and make them really basically made them pop clearly in a way that made a lot of fans gravitate towards them. Suicide Squad picks, I'm not a huge DC fan, but like Ratcatcher 2, Bloodsport, Peacemaker, King Shark, Polka Dot Man, these are like D level villains. These aren't B or C level. Like these are really, right. you're digging real deep. Anytime a villain has like the number they are, Ratcatcher 2, that's deep. Like, that's a real, you're going far in there. And so this is my problem. They took these unknown characters without any real following, and they treated them like jokes. 
So, like, I'm not surprised there's not a huge following. I don't know anyone who's rooting for a Bloodsport movie or a Ratcatcher movie. And even Suicide Squad, like, that's a longstanding comic book. But that comic, that the function of Suicide Squad was for DC editors to basically um, kill off villains they didn't want to use anymore. There are a couple staples there, like Rick Flagg and um, I threw the Bronze Tiger and Enchantress, but otherwise, like it was, ba- it basically was a storytelling function. It served this function for DC to be able to kill off either lesser-known villains or villains they were bored with or wanted to kill off in, in in their own way. So it was always a rotating roster. So there's just not a huge Suicide Squad. It doesn't have the same following as, as other groups. Right. Also, yeah, the Suicide Squad like- film didn't have this huge. Fo- it was successful. But so I just think it's interesting. You're you're going doing comic book films, but you're not using any of the characters or franchises that you you would give you the advantage of that built-in audience. Well, it's also clear, like, I mean, I think it's a cool concept, the whole idea of Suicide Squad and, like, hey, we'll take bad guys and we'll make them do these black ops missions. And, like, I did the concept itself is pretty cool. I think what, what kind of happened, or, like, what I'm kind of believed to have happened is that, like, the first Suicide Squad movie, Harlequin was really kind of the breakout star of it. And, that you know, I felt like there was just kind of this big cultural kind of, like, not a, I don't know, shift or anything, but, like, People really liked that character, and she clearly became popular. And I think she's really kind of like the shining star of the franchise at this point. And so it's like all these other characters, they're not putting in as much, you know, not giving as much context, not putting as much depth. And, like, they're making sure that they, you know, serve people enough Harlequin on the plate to, you know, like feed their audience what they want. But it's like, I agree with you, you know, you got to bring some of these other characters up. You got to make me like or root for some of these other characters. You know, I didn't really find myself falling in love with Polka Dot Man or Ratcatcher Two. You know, they give a little context on some of these characters, but it's like, okay, so Polka Dot Man is something with his mom, and Ratcatcher Two. You know, she's got some backstory with her dad, but like, again, they're not given the same kind of treatment that Harley Quinn's given, where it's like she has these huge scenes and you know romantic moments, you know, parts where she's breaking out of stuff and. She's a cool character and everything, and you know, I kind—I of, feel like I get why, um, like, you know, she's got a lot of fans and everything. But I also agree with you know, if you watch Guardians of the Galaxy, all of those characters have different fans now, and all of those characters could probably break off into their own kind of movie and stuff like that. And so, I don't think they elevated like the group in a way that they did, you know, in, in a movie like that. Sounds like we're agreed there. Yeah, I just thought it was just it was just interesting. I, I know I said we were talking about what we like that, but that was just something that I, I just wanted to get off my chest. It was because that was something. It took me. I I watched it twice, and it was the second watch where I realized I was like, "What is like? There's just I'm not like I couldn't figure out what it was, and then I realized I was like, "It's that." I was like, "You're treating them like." By the end, I was like, "Oh, you. This is supposed to be like a serious moment, but they just they weren't landing because I just." Right. I just they weren't waiting for me, and I'll leave it at that. I've already said enough about that. Agreed. <laughs> um, I will say, you know, I, I found myself kind of liking Rick Flag. Uh, I liked Idris Elba. Um, it seemed like him, those two, and John Cena, um, along with Harlequin, were kind of like the adults of the group, and everyone else was pretty like extemporaneous. You know, like the shark and the polka dot guy and the the rat catcher. It, they all were just kind of like. They didn't. They weren't essential to the movie in any one way or the other. I mean, I, you know, at one point I thought the polka dot guy was going to be the one that really defeated uh, the the giant star, and then it really is kind of rat, rat catcher. But then still, it's Harley Quinn that you know drives the javelin into the heart of the eye or whatever. And 
So at the end of the day, some of those characters really were not essential to the entire movie. Well, I just want to quickly just touch on that for a minute. Agreed. Like I thought, the, again, the rat catcher moment for me was stepped on because she doesn't stop. I thought she was going to kill her or Punka Dot Man. Punka Dot Man dies the moment after he has the realization he's a hero, which I get. But again, I think to me that felt like that's a funny joke that worked for James Gunn. But I think it stepped on the moment for the audience, at least for me. I was like, oh, that would have been if he had a more heroic death, it might have been better. And then as for Ratcatcher 2, excuse me, Ratcatcher 2 2, I want to get that incorrect. Um, her moment was stepped on. It didn't require anything. All it took was a spear to kill him. Like, and the, as soon as he was introduced and as soon as he gave it to her, I knew it was going to come back. I thought it was going to come back in a funny way, like how she escaped, because I remember seeing it in the commercials. By the way, her escape. I forgot is one of the best parts of the film where she's like, they use uh, flowers instead of blood. I think it was so cool and visually like stunning and arresting. Loved it. Uh, definitely one of the highlights. Uh, but then for that to be the ending, it, it was, it wasn't so stupid. It was funny. It, it didn't work like a Chekhov's gun for me. Like, Oh, you have to use it. I, I thought it would have been funnier if she tried to throw the spear and it just bounced off or something. Like I just didn't, it, it didn't work. I do know that Ratcatcher helped after that, so Ratcatcher still helps win. But it just the whole spear really it, it took a little bit of the air out of the ending for me. What I actually thought would have been more realistic, not that this is supposed to be a realistic movie, but like I, I honestly think once the group kind of blows up the facility and they sort of like achieve their objective according to Viola Davis, I think they would have left and then the Americans just nuke that island. And it's like, yeah, get rid of this alien and all of its little, like, uh, you know, it's like the fact that that team goes back in there to save, like, all these people. I mean, I get it. They're trying to set that up. And there's that other character that takes over the presidency with, like, the rebels and everything. But, like, I just thought, like, if this was really the Suicide Squad, they achieve their mission, they, they run away, and they, they nuke the island from uh, from orbit, as they say in the aliens or something like that, where it's like, you don't, you don't really need to go in there and do this, you know, on your own. Yeah, that was another thing that didn't work for me when they all, I, I touched on it before, but the naivete of how they were all so moved by the plight right. of the people. And the other thing I didn't get too, again, if their best chance to stop Starro now, why wouldn't she send in the Suicide Squad on a suicide mission to try and kill them? It just She said something like, the U.S. will be happy that we've destabilized this country or something like that. And I was like, yeah, what about the alien that's about to take over the world? Like that, against me, I think that's gun losing the forest and the trees. Like the star, like the polka dot man thing. Oh, he wanted the joke and it, the story suffered. He clearly wanted that political line, and I get it. I, I see the political undertones he's going for, but that like is it's not as out of her character. And again, if she's a smart character, I'm not saying these films need to be smart, but your smart characters should generally do smart things, and that just. Yeah. Oh, destabilize! Oh yeah, risk the world so you can destabilize a third world country, which we already had under our thumb. And the only thing that could possibly give them leverage over this is this monster kaiju that you can kill, but you don't want to risk these criminals who you don't need. Okay, yeah, what do I know? It just it, like the. I, I like the film, it generally. It just this movie was R rated, and it's funny, but it's not smart. 
I, like it's just not i, I think yeah. there's smart aspects I, to that's it a good description. yeah that, that, that's just kind of like where i keep coming down it's, it's easy to watch and it's easy to fall into the humor but like it's so easy to pick apart and like a lot of the logic just collapses on itself and so yeah I, i'm kind of with you on with that it's just I, and i did like rick flag i liked how they had i i like the part where they're it reminded me of predator like after the when they find flag i actually was one of my favorite scenes when they take out all the rebels thinking they're saving flag oh, yeah, they find flag. and they find out that they just took out all their allies and, uh, but like that was one of the strongest parts of the film and then like the three of them escaping really for me the strongest part of the film was the middle and then once really once they meet up with harley it kind of falls apart and it's so disappointing like yeah, I, I'm being really negative. There were things I liked. I, I know we just spoke about them. Um, it just, yeah, some of the decision making, I just found, from the writing standpoint, it just felt to me like it needed a little, a one more edit. Yeah, like another draft of the script to make it a little more cohesive and to totally all be on the same page. Like it just. There's a couple too many moving parts. It feels like it's maybe two or three movies kind of smushed together. And it, yeah, it's just kind of a scattered movie. Um, and like the beginning felt pretty well thought out to me where, where they, you know, they have that set up and they kill the first team and then we have the second team and then we kind of get to the main story. But then it's just like, it never totally finds its footing in terms of like what it really is. Like it has moments and sequences, but it's never a one cohesive thing. Can I propose a thought uh, that I think may have happened? Sure. I think, and we kind of, I think, alluded to this. I think his original version either didn't have any of the first characters from the first movie or killed them all off in the, and truly killed them off in the opening scene. Yeah. And I think there might have been no, some back, I, could, I think there might have been some backlash after the Will Smith recasting, or maybe just the idea that why would we kill everyone off if we're trying to build a franchise? And just the way I look at it is when you look at the way the film develops, like we said it felt scattered between Flag, Harley, and Bloodsport's team. And maybe that's because it was. Maybe because it was originally Bloodsport's film, like that, there is yeah. no Harley and Flag after the opening. And just looking at it that way, I'm like, that kind of makes sense. Because it felt like they were shoehorned a bit in there. The one character I was sure wasn't going to die was Harley. Because like I said, she's the one with the most fans and seems to be the one that kind of brings in the most viewers. And so that was the one, like, even in that beginning sequence, I was like, she's not going to die. And then as the movie continued, I was like, she's clearly the one that's going to be preserved so they can kind of like keep using her. So that to me, that part was a little bit telegraphed or just easy to read for me, I guess. Agreed. That, she's the one character who, yeah. I was a little surprised they killed Flag, but only because they saved him at the beginning. So I was somewhat surprised. And I just, he was so much better in the role this time. I think him being a little less serious and the the really worked and it was sad to see him die so that that point in the film definitely worked for me i had one quick question for you we can still talk about likes or dislikes but this is one thing that i we touched on it before i feel like it's a good time now we talked about a lot of some like the interesting decisions they've made what do you think about them titling this just adding the to the title um i guess it, it reminded me a little bit of um Remember when Fast and Furious did like Be Fast and the Furious or something yeah. like that? And it was just like, that's not really the title of a sequel. I do, I do think it was a bizarre choice. It's like, you could easily call this Suicide Squad 2 
or like I said, suicide reloaded or, you know, I don't know, any kind of term to just qualify it as a sequel. Just throwing a the in front of it. Um, I mean, I'm not in the marketing department, uh, but I think that was a bad move. So I agree. We've talked about some of the issues they've had before. Man of Steel, not super, not called Superman. Right. Batman versus Superman, like they should, it should have been What's called Batman. Yeah, yeah. The, um, what, excuse me, what we call the Justice League. The oh, excuse me, more recently, Birds of Prey, instead of Harley Quinn, but she's the they didn't even put Harley Quinn in it. And then the other thing that blew my mind was when they released Jack, excuse me, Zack Snyder's Justice League, after referring to it as Snyder Cut for two years, like removing the Snyder cut aspect from it. But this is calling it the, also Shazam, uh, sorry, but the adding the to it was apparently a joke from James Gunn. Like, how are we gonna brand it? It's like, oh, it's kind of a standalone sequel. Again, like they didn't know how connected it was gonna be. So his joke was, why do we add it the to it? And they thought that was funny and like, oh, we'll do that. But just from- sequel i mean you still have viola davis you still have rick flag you know you still have harlequin it's like you know they don't really talk about the events of the prior movie but it's like clearly those characters carried over so they have Belle reeve she references joker you have boomerang it's like it 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 makes sense and it's just it it, (laughs) the thing for me is from a i know what it is i'm a super fan i know it's coming out but from a like a standard fan, oh, there's a, a poster for Suicide Squad. I already saw that film. Like, why would I see that again? Yeah, it almost like I'm sure people were confused and thought it was like maybe a quick remake or something. But it's like it is. It's a strange choice. Or, or a re-release. It was just yeah. It, I just it blew my mind that you want to promote a sequel, even just calling it two. Like it the. It would have been yeah. lazier to just say it too, and that would have been fine. You just it's so hard to differentiate. It just for me, it's just one of these decisions where they they thought they thought themselves, like they yeah. thought they were being smart or clever or cute, and it just it, I think it ends up really falling flat. And it's like if it is some kind of inside joke, like nobody's on the inside, like everyone else is just like us. You know, it just it just it just makes you question it. It doesn't work. Do you have any other likes or dislikes? Any other thing you want to talk about? Um. I think, yeah, for me, I just, I think I wish that the alien uh, was something different. Um, you know, uh, maybe this is just because I had recently seen, like, the King Kong vs. Godzilla, which are, like, the real kaiju type of things. But, like, I just thought the starfish looked odd walking through the city, and it was just, like, a, a bizarre thing to kind of watch. And, you know, I think something that was actually a little more scary might have worked. Um I just would have gone a different direction than stuff. You know, it kind of reminds me of um, the uh, Wild Wild West situation where, like, they just decided to make a mechanical spider. And it's like, I don't know if you need a mechanical spider to be your primary, like, kaiju-type villain thing. And so I would have gotten, you know, whether it's the the artwork or, you know, the, the graphic designers or whoever's kind of in the creative department, I think I would have tried a little bit harder to design something that was a little bit more just like, I don't know. I'm not, you know, I know it's supposed to be an alien and everything, but I just would have, I would have reworked the artwork of that 
major villain. See, it's interesting. It, uh, Starro is an iconic character. It was the first villain that Justice League fought. And in the comics, okay. it's supposed to be very scary. Like, uh, so I don't I mean, know. Elvin, yeah, elements of it were, you know, the fact that it had these face suckers and like, I, you know. I, I thought it was more frightening, yeah, in the, like the face sucker form, like that smaller yeah. form. To me, that was the most terrifying aspect of it. Definitely, uh, yes. And so I would say from my point of view, I thought they did a good job bringing him to life. But my, I couldn't agree more. I just didn't. It, it, like it could have been anyone. Anyway. Yeah, it just like it doesn't like it doesn't hit you in a primal fear kind of way where it's like you know when you see Godzilla rampaging a city, I think there's a little bit more that kind of strikes you um, on an elemental level or something. Uh, and I think again, once I think my biggest issue was the execution with it. Like when you look at it, they had it, the scariest moment was when they're surrounded by all yeah. the people. And they just walk away. Like they don't. I, I thought there was gonna be a big fight in that moment. I was like, he's gonna turn all these people against them, and then they're like, they all just walk into the city. And I was like, oh, well, I that wasn't too tough. My thought was like that could have been a really cool fight scene. <laughs> 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 uh, and then that to me, I was like, so it's just a big kaiju. And then it was defeated so easily. Like it. Yeah. It just all, all the menace of it kind of stomped out. I mean, we we give Marvel a hard time for villains. DC really has a hard time with villains. They're having a much bigger struggle with villains. Who's their iconic villain? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I also, there was an element of it too where I thought the more faces that it sucked, I thought it was supposed to grow in size. And so once it's released from like that facility, I thought, and it, it sends out the initial bunch of face suckers onto that army. I was like, oh, it's going to like double or triple in size again. And like, it didn't really do that. It just kind of like kept walking at the same size. And so... That's another thing I thought they kind of like a missed opportunity. That, not to mention they could have had a really cool fight there, but it's like the more faces it's sucking, I feel like it should be getting bigger and bigger. Agreed. It's uh, <laughs> it, it was just there was no escalation. It just all of a sudden yeah. it's there. It's it's this big yeah. giant monster, and then it ends and like the the scene with it saying, "Oh, I just was happy looking at the stars." Like that was a really interesting thought. I wish you'd spend some time developing it. Like that, that this monster was yeah, the villain. I, I would have uh, appreciated the scene. There should have been a scene, like maybe a cut scene between that brain guy kind of talking to the star on his own and then like actually having a conversation with him, maybe via a face sucker or something, so that like you could have gotten a little more context as to like what this alien had like been through because it had just been floating through space. So I think there was kind of a missed opportunity there too, where it's like uh, a good dialogue scene between that brain guy and the starfish would have been kind of interesting, I think. It's yeah, it just. I, I I saw a series recently where Thinker was one of the main villains, and he had. I want to see, like, the reason I'm, I like those characters, like the Thinker, it's they have those tele. It's almost like force powers, like telepath, telepathic right. powers, telekinesis, and it's like to me, I think that's such an interesting. It brings such a different angle or threat from the villain and i was so excited when i heard he was in it and he's really just a, he could have been anyone like he, there was he why never, he never used his intelligence to do anything at any point like he, i thought he was going to turn them or trick them you know and it's like he never does he never uses his brain to no really no and that was again just one more disappointment for me that's enough you know the fact that cena turns it's like maybe brain should see something to him to like get him to kind of change his motivations but like nothing like that really happens 
I also thought like maybe they're going to play them off each other. Like clearly they're like a loose connection, a confederacy of people, but nope. Right. Nope. Like yeah. there's no, there's no Machiavelli mind games. They're not playing it right. off the other. Just, oh, nope. Here, here it is. Take it, leave it. Um, it's just, uh, it's, it's interesting. It, it, interesting. I, I've been very, I've been very negative. Again, I, where the reason I've been so negative, it, it's really not that I'm trying to be negative. I just had, this film was so hyped. It had such, it had gone, it had the cast, it had WB's finally fixed it out, DCEU, and I know I'm really hard on these films, but I just can't help but be disappointed with, with, with what we got. Much like Wonder Woman 2, it was, it's, I think this is better than Wonder Woman 2, but generally they're both effective, entertaining films, but not. That's the mark. Yeah, like underwhelming, especially from an investment standpoint. Like they're, they're would you be interested in a third Suicide Squad? Do you want like Harlequin and Joker to get back together and do something there? Like, where do you want this kind of this area of the DC universe to go? So, I actually started reading some of the the Ostrander comics that helped spur that these are based off of. There've been a few iterations of Suicide Squad. I definitely would like to see another film. I just think they need to they need instead of making a huge summer blockbuster, 180, 200 million dollar film, make a 40 to 50 million dollar, like small R-rated movie that you only need to hit 150 to make your money back. And I just the idea that they should be building, and, and if they're going to do the R films, the, they, as I said, two steps forward, one step back with them. They have the right idea. Get these directors, make R-rated films. But you're just putting yourself in such a bind when you make an R-rated film with a hundred eighty-five million dollar budget, or or a Justice League. You kind of put yourself in a corner there. Yeah, it's like you have to like reach a certain threshold. It's just so much money. Or a Justice League film with three hundred, four hundred million dollar budget. Like you, you, you shouldn't. There's room for successful comic book films. There are plenty of successful comic book films with smaller budgets. Like it doesn't. DC needs to just lower. They don't need to stop swinging. They need to stop swinging for home runs. Start, start taking yeah. some doubles. Yeah, agreed. So before we wrap up, there's just one other thing I wanted to touch on. This has been really bothering me. The coverage for Black Widow definitely took a negative turn, a turn into negative town. Part of that was spurred by really high drop-offs the second week uh, and third week. Generally, a healthy rate of cutoff is about 50%. The Black Widow films were like in the 60% range. That's bad. That and that clearly you can point to to me streaming. It, streaming was hitting those down that those numbers. Uh, everything adds up. Uh, Scarlett Johansson also sued Disney. Uh, with that is a whole other story. Right. I really think that was the negative press. Now. That okay, talk. You want to talk about killing your own, like <laughs> stepping? Yeah, shoot yourself in the foot. The only thing I thought that made sense about that was if they went the route any publicity is good publicity, but. That doesn't work for movies. It never has worked for movies, or very rarely. And the other thing is, if you really wanted to make more money, like you, the legs absolutely were cut off after that. The film has yet to be released in China too. Like that's been juggling. So, and that can represent anywhere from like a quarter to twenty percent of the market. So, yeah, it's just it just was it was interesting. But the everyone's been really hard on Disney. even before it came out, I mentioned that a lot of the talking points were, oh, it's too late, like too too little, too late. 
and that's a whole other conversation but people have been bending over backwards after burying black widow people have been bending over backwards to try and like make this film look like it like to not say this was a bad film or to to say that this film was successful like i was reading forbes and they're like oh like people had such unfair expectations at 185 million dollars it was never going to make a lot of money but here's the thing about Suicide Squad. It had a bigger percentage drop off. It made 26 million opening weekend. Black Widow made over 100 million. It, this movie's made 154 million. Um, and at this point, Black Widow was at like 250, 300 million. Like, and the other thing is the rate weekly uh, rate weekly drop off rate is in the 70 percentage for Suicide Squad. So it means that it's having a harder time bringing those fans back it's being hurt just as much if not more percentage wise from the day day and date release it's like everything that was working against black widow everything that's working against suicide squad was also working against black widow and black widow also had its star through the film so like the idea that black widow is this huge failure but suicide squad is like a plucky like oh it might not have it might not have made money, but it's still worth watching. Like it just is it, blowing my mind. And I know there's a Disney bias, but I just kind of like shaking my head. Like I've seen, I've been reading a lot of the same critics and watching one week, hearing all the things they leveled against Disney that I thought was unfair. And then the next week, like talking around those same points and trying to make them as positives for Suicide Squad. I was just annoyed. I, yeah, I hear what you're saying. I, you know, I think, Potentially, Disney might have a few more, you know, moles in the press that, that are kind of like helping them out potentially and stuff like that. But at the same time, like, yeah, you can't really at the end of the day, you can't deny the bottom line. And so, like, whatever is going on with Black Widow and, you know, Johansson suing them and everything, it's still just like I think the the Marvel Universe just has a bigger fan base and they're, you know, more consistent with their movies and everything. And so it doesn't surprise me that that movie did better financially than this movie. I mean, at this point, DC is pretty much like, it would be a surprise to me if they made like a quality movie. I don't think this movie, I mean, I would say this is better than some of their other movies. I would even say I probably like this a little bit more than the first Suicide Squad, which I found to be extremely um, just like not well put together, kind of a mess for the most part. And so even though this one's a little scattered, I still think it was like a better quality than that. But at the end of the day, I still wouldn't be like, oh, great movie. Like you guys did a great job. Like it's like, no, you guys still kind of like fired and missed the mark for the most part. And so, you know, you know, just the fact that it hasn't made up its own budget, I don't see how you can see this as like a real success. That was, and again, I, I don't want to be negative Nancy here. I like, there are things I liked about it. I want there to be R-rated films. It's just when they when they fail, yeah. I, I just want to be honest about why they failed. Like it shouldn't have been the yeah. 185 million dollar budget. Like that alone, 154 million in the box office during COVID, with with the legs it's probably going to have. Like if this movie were made for 50, 60, 70 million dollars, they would be fine. Like it, hindsight's 2020. I'm not an executive producer. I'm not a writer, so I get that. But yeah, that was the only thing. I'm just it was the burying of Disney and Black Widow, and it just seemed like a lot of the critics are ready to, to bury them. And then when Suicide Squad came out with worse numbers and work, worse week over week numbers, like, well, it's rated R. It's gonna really hurt it. It's like, yeah, well, they made it rated R. They made the budget. Like why? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, that's what's gonna happen. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, I, that, that's it for me. I'm, I'm ready to move into final thoughts and scores when you are. Yeah, I'm ready. Do you want me to go first? Or? It's up to you. Yeah, I, I can go. It's up to you. Totally. 
Oh, I can go. Um, I would say, like I said, I found this to be better than the first Suicide Squad movie that I watched. Um, I think we've kind of like enumerated the, the number of things that like I think went wrong here. Um, my, yeah, the biggest things to me are just like tonally, the third act. I can't give you a bunch of emotions after the first two thirds of the movie were kind of like this just really cavalier humor and just like, you know, I mean, it's clearly like you're killing characters left and right. You're, you're making fun of it as you go. And then all of a sudden I'm supposed to care when like Rick Flag dies or, you know, what's, you know, the polka dot man guy, you know, it's just like, I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to get to the emotional moments that they were trying to hit. Um, again, I felt like Harley Quinn was in a different movie almost altogether, albeit maybe that her movie might have been actually better. Cause like you said, her escape from that facility, I thought was one of the better sequences in the movie. Um, and so, like, there were things, I, you know, I liked the decision to kill that first squad uh, in the first act. I, I think I'm going to come down around, like, a like a 6.1, where it's, like, it's it's watchable. I, it was easy to watch for me. I didn't feel like it dragged. Uh, there were moments that were funny. But then once I was done with it, it, it didn't make a major impact on me. That, I think we're coming in a similar area. My thought, where I land this, with this film I think in, in 2016, this film would have been mind-blowing. But like since two Deadpool films, since then we've had two Deadpool films, two seasons of Umbrella Academy and The Boys, two Guardians films, and another Suicide Squad film, Like this film didn't reinvent anything. It's The way I look at it is Gunn had all this creative freedom, but he didn't use it to tread new ground. He just jumped in the puddles of all those who came before him trying to make a bigger splash. Like When it comes to R-rated humor, Deadpool did it better, in my opinion, which I said earlier. And just in terms of R-rated, like, adult content, The Boys and Umbrella Academy, I think, have much... And I'm not saying he's trying to mimic those, but those are the competition in terms of R-rated comic book content. And I just think that Gunn doesn't have the same sensibilities. And I think this film, again, five years ago would have been groundbreaking, but today it's just an entertaining retread of uh, a couple things that came before it. I think it it's effectively a remake of the first film with a couple tweaks, but like the general plot points are the same, which I get given the concept you, you have. I'm not going to go through chapter and verse. I, I, I guess I already have. I liked it. It works on the base level. I'm most disappointed as a comic book fan and just as like a fan of the industry, knowing that if, I want there to be more R-rated films. I want there to be more R-rated comic book films. I want there to be more comic book films. So when this one that's all of those fails, I get disappointed. And I just think there were a couple things. I'm not, as I said, always say, I'm not a writer. I don't know what it could have done. I just feel like they made some really, there are a few mistakes they made that they could have just tightened up that just would have really helped themselves. And at this point, as I said, I hate sounding, I know I'm really harsh on DC. But at this point, I'm just at a point where like I, I can only be mad at myself for expecting anything better. It just it, after this film, I, I now know with all the new leadership after Snyder cut in this film, it's this going to be the same problems until I see Probably. something different. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I still have some hope for that for that uh, Pattinson uh, oh, yeah. Batman movie coming out. But it's like I agree with you. Like your expectations should not be high for these DC movies. Yeah. And by the way, with that, this might screw. I'm going to give it a five seven. I, again, I know I just bashed it, but for me, it's it is. There's ton of action. It's again, maybe not the most inventive, but it is an action film. 
there is it's not always the best humor but it's got humor action it moves it's got a big cast it's a little it's, it's sometimes a little scattered and uneven but i think there's something for everyone and aspects of star really work for me uh other the kaiju scenes not really but i i think overall it's definitely yeah. entertaining effective worth watching yeah i think we're yeah, in the same zone there so 5.7 6.1 interesting takes there yeah suicide squad the suicide squad i can't wait uh, what, what's the next one going to be a suicide squad like I, I just can't i can't even all right that does it here time to wrap up this mission my friend goodbye everybody goodbye